So did you all see, this is totally off topic, but did you all see the correlation between all the songs this morning about how God is faithful? They, you saw in the last few songs how, you know, God is with us through the fire. God is with us in the storms. God is with us through everything. God is faithful through everything. So that was really cool that, how, how they all correlate. Um, but this morning, so this morning we're, you know, kind of, we're, we're looking at serving again. You know, we're going to wrap everything up. We're talking about serving today. We're also we're talk, we're looking at worship. Oh, goodness. Apples are the worst products. There we go. Goodness gracious. Um, so we're looking at worship and we're looking at serving and how they correlate. We, you know, Logan mentioned serving and, and giving are, this, are you know, going hand in hand. But today we're looking at worshiping and serving and how they go hand in hand. Um, so this morning, my man Logan, he's, he's, by the way, you're going to hate me for this because this is like a participation type of, type of day now. So I'm going to ask you a question and Logan's going to run to you. You raise your hand and you, and you, you know, answer the question. Now please play, play fair. Don't, don't let it be like me just looking at a bunch of people and saying, all right, I'll let me tell you the answer. I'm not going to tell the answer. We're going to be quiet for 30 minutes if we have to. All right. So the question is, what is worship to you? So if you have an answer, raise your hand and Logan will run after you. He will be the first one. Over there. Worship should be how we live our lives day to day, following God's peace. Okay. Who else? So day to day. Way back there. <laughs> okay. I like it. Who else is brave? Over there. You're getting your workout today, Logan. Worship Okay. Who else? These are all awesome answers, by the way. Anyone else? Oh, Jacob raised his hand. Awesome. This is no wrong. Well, there is a wrong answer. Um, will you hit it? Probably not, but, you know. Praise him. Hey, there we go. See, there, that was not wrong. That was a good job, Jacob. Awesome job. Anyone else before I take the, the mic back? Do you have one, Logan? Do you, do you, have, do you want to say something to the other mic? Putting the talent that God's gave me into work for him. Nice. Now, anyone else, before I take the microphone back, it's sad that you won't talk today, but, you know, it's whatever. Microphone is now off. So, worship, Logan kind of summed everything together. He took from everybody. I think it's kind of cheating, Logan, but it's whatever. Uh, so, worship is a lifestyle that we live day in and day out. How we worship, how we serve, how anything that we do will direct us back to God. So worship is everything combined together. It's not just singing. It's not just praying. It's not just reading the word, but it's how you live and how you act. 
So worship is a combination of everything together. So this morning, we're going to look at you know, a couple of stories in, in, in the Bible. We're, uh, so if you want to open your Bible, we're, we're going, the, the first chunk we're going to be in, the first, is going to be in 1 Peter chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, open it up. It'll be on the screen. Um, but that's our first thing we're going to dig into. But we're going to look at worshiping and serving, and we're looking at the correct way we need to do this. So I'll give you a couple, a couple seconds to open it up. And if you're on your phones, please don't play Candy Crush. I know some of you like to play Candy Crush. So we're going to go verse by verse and, and dissect everything down as we go. So we're beginning in verse 7. Now this is going to be wild because we talked about worship and now we're going to hit on the end of the world is coming. It's wild. So verse 7 says, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. So we'll stop there. That's a wild place to stop. So it, we have here a sense of urgency, right? Peter's saying, hey, the, therefore, there is something, something's going to happen. The end of the world is coming, so we need to be urgent. We need to be ready. It says, in, uh, towards the end, it says, be sober-minded and say, for the sake of your prayers. Be always praying cons- consistently. Be in worship consistently. I was, well, I want to talk to the students about, earlier about this week about it. We, as a culture, we as a, as a church are no longer like this. We're no longer urgent. We're no longer ready to serve our friends and to worship each other. Like, we're not in that mindset of, you know, giving everything we have so that our neighbors can be, you know, you know, see Jesus through us. We're very selfish. We're very, um, we, we don't want to get out of our comfort zones anymore. And so this, this part saying, hey, we need to be urgent in the way we live. We need to be urgent in the way we do things. We need to be urgent in the way we pray. Because we don't pray, we don't, we don't intercede for, other, for others as much as we need to anymore. We always say, hey, God, I need this in my life, and that's really it. Thank you for this food, and that's really it. Or, you know, something big happened, and that's really it. Because we're very, you know, we get very distracted very easily, and so when we pray, we, like, spend five minutes where we fall asleep if we're you know, about to go to sleep or something. So we, we don't live in a life where we're constantly worshiping God. We're worshiping other things, we're worshiping idols, we're worshiping ourselves, so we're no longer urgent for the gospel anymore. We're no longer urgent for the sake of our friends anymore. Um, so that's alarming. Um, I'm gonna give you some stats in a, in a, in a few. Um, yeah, here, here, here's some stats. So Lifeway, they did a, a study. They, they, they pulled some churches, they pulled some schools and they got, that's why I got in the NML, uh, you know, all their statistics of the next generation of, of for student ministry. So Generation Z, you know, that's, that, that's, that's y'all, the, the youngins. So Generation Z, only 8% have can, you know, go to church or have said they have a relationship with Jesus. Out of the entirety of America, only 8% say that they believe in Jesus and they go to church. That's wild. And we look around the room, it's like, where, what's going on? Why aren't we urgent anymore? I was talking to the students earlier this week. My generation, we were self, like, when, we, when I was going through high school and middle school, we, we were very selfish and we didn't want to really want to reach out because we were afraid of our friends making fun of us or saying, hey, you're, you're, you're Jesus freak, stay away from me. Uh, because we wanted to fit in with those cool kids. We, we tried our best to fit in with them. Same with everyone else in this room. We try to fit in with the group that we want to be a part of. 
We try to fit that system to where we can be like them. We're not urgent for the gospel anymore. We're not saying, hey, here's Jesus. Here's what he believes. You know, here I, here's why I believe in him. That's what he's done for me. If it was like that, the number wouldn't be 8%. The number wouldn't be low. Churches all around America are struggling with student ministries right now because there's no urgency anymore. Why do you think it's like that? The students learned it from somebody else, right? They learned it from us. They learned it from y'all. They learned how to be comfortable. They learned how to be, you know, quiet. They learned how to be, you know, nonchalant about the gospel. They learned, they learned these things from us. They learned these tweaks from us. Shame on us. Now, now we have contributed to a su- the suffering of Christianity in America now. And it's not just us. It's all across the board. Because we, <laughs> it's, it's not a joke, but we, we fight too much about, uh, we call it the, the three big P's. Political Christianity, progressive Christianity, and political, political, progressive, and prosperity Christianity. We fight too much on these three, these three ideas that we forget Jesus. We got to fight too much on politics, we forget about Jesus. We got to fight too much on progressing the status quo about culture, we forget Jesus. We want to get all this money and all this wealth and all this healthiness, we forget about Jesus. That came from us. It came from the, the generations before us. And so we're contributing down into where it's, it came to the point where Generation Z or the g- generation after that is going to be the first ever persecuted generation in America for the gospel. That's crazy. So that's why you see in v- verse 7, the end of the world is coming, so be urgent. Be ready in your prayers. Be ready to, to serve. Be ready to do all this stuff. So let's continue reading. In verse 8, it says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Love, 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 love. We don't do that enough anymore. We're too busy being nitpicky. We're hating each other. We're so divided. We're so distraught over silly things that we forget about the, who Jesus was and why we need to love each other in the first place. The first way to, for us to live a life of worship is to love everyone. No matter their sin, you gotta hate that sin, but you gotta love them, to, you know, because they're, they're human just like us. They're broken just like us. They may struggle with something that you might not struggle with, but you're still sinning just as much as they are. So we still need to love them because that's the first sign of worship is for us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So that's the first step into worship. That's the first step of living a life of saying, hey, I'm one to follow Jesus. I'm going to be like Jesus because Jesus loved everyone. He loved the sinners. He went and ate with sinners. And everyone was like, what are you doing that for? So he, Jesus stepped on and said, he loved everyone. Continuing in verse 9. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal and a, or a place to stay. There, uh, I read a version earlier earlier this week. It says, uh, "It says, 
serve those, but don't gripe about it. I had several students this week who griped about working in the heat. I agree, I understand this, it's hot, it's stuff like this, but we're serving because we need to show Jesus to them, not because we're here just because we need to be here. So when you serve, you don't need to grab those, oh, I got to serve today, oh man, I got to be up early this morning, I got to do this, I got to do that. No, we should wake up and say, I get to serve because I love Jesus and I want them to know who Jesus is. So the second step of worshiping is humbling yourselves down to the point where you can show Jesus who, through who you are, through the way you act, through the way you live. Because that's, that's the second step of us saying, hey, we aren't really, it's not about us. It's not about who I am. It's not about who you are. It's about who Jesus is. So if we can get that, men, that mental don't now and know that Jesus is overall the, the only thing that really matters in life, how awesome that would be. How awesome that comfortability that we have would go away. So the second step is to humble yourselves and serve those around you wholeheartedly. I think about, this is, this is totally off topic, but it's not. Have you ever watched the, the show Gotham? Or you watch Batman, you know who uh, Alfred is, right? Alfred is a butler. He's very humble in the way he serves. But also, he's like this super military awesome dude. He, can, he does all this really awesome stuff. But he doesn't pull that off. He doesn't show that off. He's very humble in the way he does. He, he just serves Bruce, Batman. You know, he just serves them because he, he serves them. He doesn't put his power over. He doesn't do all this stuff to him. He just, he just, he listens to him and he serves them and he's humble about it. So we have this power of Jesus. We just need to be humble about it and say, hey, Jesus is the ultimate key to everything. So let's just show who he is. Let's continue in verse 10 and 11. God has given each of us a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Who here knows their spiritual gift or gifts? Has anyone ever taken like a test or like have ever thought about it? Like mine's exhortation, I'm really good at encouraging people. I'm really good at teaching. I'm, like that's, that's my spiritual gifts. Or I could play guitar. I could use my, my spiritual gifts and talents to you know, give all the praise to Jesus. So God has given each of us a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of spe- speaking? Then speak as, as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and the energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So anything, anything that you do, that you speak, that you live, let it glorify God. Jimmy, he was our, he's our F- FCA representative of, of, this, of this area. He was our, um, every year for a Jerusalem Project, we have a ministry that we support. So Jimmy is our missionary that we, we supported this year, and so he was, had the privilege of preaching a couple of times this week. He has a, a, a saying, that's uh, it's like kind of his life motto, sole, sole de gloria, oh, say, say it one more time, I can't say it. So, solely for the glory of God. Everything that he does is solely for the glory of God. The car that he owns, solely for the glory of God. We need to have that mindset of everything that we do that we say, that we act, that we live, that we eat, anything that we do, do we do it solely for the glory of God? Are you doing that today? Are you doing that this week? Think about it. When you go out and eat uh, the way you live, is the way you live, will that reflect Jesus? Does the way that you talk to your coworkers reflect Jesus? Does the way that you treat your friends reflect Jesus? Is that the way that you treat the people that you don't really care about reflect Jesus? 
And the answer is no, you need to rethink what's going on. So that should be our third step of everything we do must reflect who God is and reflect who Jesus is. So there's a story that, that we're going to open up to. So if you will go ahead and turn your Bibles to Mark 2. There's a story of these four guys. These four guys and their, their love for their friend. And so this shows the urgency that we're reading right here in First Peter. This is almost like a real life example of these guys who loved their friend so much that they needed him to see Jesus. So if you will, we'll, we'll read in verse 1. And look, and look for key parts in the, in the story. See where that, what we just read fits into this. So it starts in verse 1. When Jesus, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. Have you ever carried like a, a man who was like just dead waiting you? It was just so heavy that you just like feel like you're dragging a bunch of like bowling balls. Imagine these four guys carrying this one guy on a mat and it's so heavy because it's just dead weight. So, they, so these four guys were carrying, carrying this paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So imagine this, this little house with people all outside, people all inside, and they have an objective they have to do. These four friends have this man on a mat what are they going to do? They see their objective. They have to get to the roof. So we see here, they couldn't, bring him to, they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on, the, on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there taught, thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, you are sins are forgiven, or to stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I'll prove to you that, I am the, that the Son of Man has the authority on earth for the, to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And then the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Do you see the urgency in these four friends? They could have stopped at the cross and said, oh, there's too many people here. We've got to come back another time, right? No, they didn't, they didn't stop there. They went through the crowd. They went on top of the roof, and they dug a hole through this man's house. Imagine going, someone going to your house, they want to see, if Jesus was at your house, there's people everywhere, someone goes to the top of your roof and digs a hole through your roof, how wild that would be. You know, your, your poor sheetrock built, you know, roof, but it's wild that these, this, these four friends loved this friend so much they needed him to see Jesus. They needed, they needed, they had the faith that there might be a chance that there may be life change in their friend. Where is that in our lives today? Where's our urgency for our friends? Because as of right now, all of us in this room, we're loving our friends to hell. We're not urgent about our, our friends anymore. We're not urgent about the reality of the gospel. Because we're so comfortable. We're so nice. Like, 
after we leave this place, we're going to be so comfortable. We're going to go back home, take a nap, and f- probably forget this entire, this entire lesson. Like, we're, not, we're just so comfortable now. We forget the importance of the gospel. We forget the importance of, of who Jesus was and who he is and what he said he's going to do. These four friends decided that they needed their friend to see Jesus. They needed their friend to be healed. They needed life change to happen. So think about, I want, you know, if you have the ability, think about or write down one friend, at least one friend or multiple friends, some, or people that coworkers, people that are around you, family members, think about at least one that you need to talk to this week about Jesus, that you need to share love with, that you need to show who Jesus is to them. You need to serve them. You need to love on them. You need to humble yourself to the point where it doesn't matter how they view me, but it matters how they see Jesus. So think about that person. Write it down. Put a note in your phone. Do whatever you need to do so that you can go to them and be urgent about the gospel. We don't need to take a back seat anymore. We need to push it. We need to set an example for the next generations. Because it starts with us. It starts with, the, with, with everyone in this room. We need to be the church. You don't need to be a building. We need to be the people. So like we need to be at least four friends who love their friends so much that they didn't care what people thought. They didn't care about the paralyzed man. Because there's a lot of negative connotations about people who have disabilities in the Bible. There's a lot of negative connotations, but the four friends didn't care what everyone thought. They knew that they had to get him to Jesus. So here's a couple of questions. I'm going to ask the band to come up and we'll have a time of reflecting and, and thinking about, about, about some things. So here's a couple of things to just think about and just hone in on. Where are we in these stories? Are you the crowd that watches these four guys doing the work? Are you the ones who are, like the, the religious leaders, they're, you know, questioning Jesus on the things? Are you very contradictive? Are you very, like, honed in on certain things or like the four friends who desperately needed their friend to see Jesus or are you in the last category you're just spiritually dead and you need to see Jesus so think about why aren't we passionate like the friends anymore why aren't we after the next generations why aren't we after our friends our coworkers, our families how can we change that mentality how can we move forward and be the church And finally, what are you willing to do to serve your friends? What are you willing to do to show Jesus to everyone that you come in contact with? Are you willing to change some of, some of your ways? Are you willing to humble yourself down? Are you willing to love everyone? Are you willing to, you know, forget about the, the three Ps and just think about who Jesus is and how awesome he is? Because overall, it's not about us. It's about him about how awesome he is that grace that mercy that he gave that he would come to earth a broken place to die for us a bunch of misfits a bunch of people who sin who constantly say we we spit in Jesus' face every day we constantly hurt Jesus every day but Jesus chose to come for us and he just didn't die, but he rose and he, he gave us victory. He gave us that grace. He gave us that mercy. He gave us life everlasting with him. So think about, are you in the four categories? 
Are you the onlookers that just watched? You didn't really participate, you just saw. Are you the religious leaders? Are you very, not really doing what you're supposed to be doing? You're just questioning everything that Jesus does. Are you like the four friends who need and who are chasing after everyone that they come in contact with, their friends, their family, their coworkers? Or are you spiritually dead and you need to see Jesus? That you so desperately need life change in your life. So what category are you in? Just think about that. I'm gonna pray and we're gonna worship. Father, thank you for just your word. Thank you for that we can come to this place and with the our body of fellowship, body of believers, Father, that we can have a heart of yearning after who you are, that we can see who you are, that we can just learn to love, we can learn to be like who you are, Father. God, if we're in those categories, let us be more like the four friends. Let us be like the ones who chased after the ones who are broken, chased after the ones who need to see you the most. Because God, we need to do that or something, we just need to see who you are. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.